Hey everyone, it's from MCS Mag, and today I have a special treat for you because you're about to get real insider secrets when it comes to how to evade detection when you're being pursued by a trained and hostile adversary. Now there are a lot more scenarios than you may think where these skills come in useful, and today you're going to get literally a cheat sheet on the biggest mistakes that the hunted make that turns them into easy prey. Now, I'm going to give you a bit of a heads up because we often get comments out there about sound quality with our podcast. What you need to understand is that we have people from all around the world that take part in our podcast. And interviewing them sometimes means that they're going to be in less than ideal circumstances, like today. Kevin Reeve is really has been a huge supporter of our podcast and of our channel and of our magazine. Uh, he is a great trainer that's out there. And so he got in his car um, after having major surgery and a major uh, infection, got in his car and went out to a place where he could get reception because he lives in the middle of nowhere just so he could talk with us. So sound quality, not really the best, although post-editing has worked out pretty good on it. But what I'm asking you to do is overlook the sound quality as best you can and really focus in on the tactics that you're about to learn. So, if that sounds like you, if you can, get and just focus in on those tactics, then we've got something really special for you laid out here. So, check this out now. If bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging, would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Imagine you're on an international business trip or vacation. Then you're kidnapped and held for ransom and somehow managed to escape. Or a political protest gone bad unleashes civil unrest in your neighborhood and you need to seek safety while there are gangs of anarchists and looters running through the streets looking for easy prey. How do you stay alive and how do you avoid detection and get to safety on your own? Well, that's what we're here to find out. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And with me today to offer his own personal cheat sheet of escape and evasion secrets is my friend, Kevin Reeve. Kevin, welcome back to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to have you back on. Uh, this is probably like our 497th podcast, I think, which is always awesome to get you on here. Uh, listen, everyone, if you're, if you're new to the podcast, if you haven't heard one of my interviews with Kevin before, you're in for a real treat. Kevin is the founder and director of On Point Tactical, which is the leading provider of training in urban survival and escape and invasion. On Point has trained many members of elite military groups, including U.S. Army Special Forces, U.S. Navy SEALs, MARSOC, Air Force Pararescue, Navy and Air Force SEER instructors, as well as members of law enforcement such as the DEA, U.S. Marshal Service, ICE, Secret Service, and the CIA. Now, in addition to urban skills, Kevin teaches wilderness survival, tracking, SEER, point man training, scout, and other related skills. Now, prior to founding On Point Tactical, Kevin worked for one of the top tracking schools in America, where he spent eight years 
as a director of this program and was responsible for the instructor staff there. Kevin's TV and movie credits include technical work on the film The Hunted, History Channel's After Armageddon, National Geographic's When Aliens Attack, and Court TV's Track Down the Chase. G4's Attack of the Show and ABC News Nightline have also done profiles on Kevin and his school. Now, to learn more about Kevin and his training, make sure that you visit his his website, which looks like it's a brand new website, which looks amazing, by the way, um, over at www.onpointtactical.com. Okay, so... Listen, everybody, I, you really are in for a really cool treat here. So so here's the deal. Um, first, let me share with everyone a brief synopsis of what Kevin's primary program is that he just gets loaded up. These classes are just in super high demand right now for his urban escape and evasion course. And basically, it puts you in like the challenging scenario of being forced to get away from any kind of unlawful or unwanted custody where you're held against your will. And then you have to get to safety without getting recaptured. But to do that, attendees train in skills such as day and nighttime covert movement, how to use things like urban caches, how to use disguises and false identification, how to pick locks, and there's a whole bunch of other tasks that are involved with that as well. But it's the last day that really gets your juices flowing because that's when it all comes together for a realistic scenario training where you really do have to escape from capture and then put all of your skills to the test by evading pursuit teams that are out there while you're accomplishing various missions along the way as you get to safety in a real live city. This is not done in like some movie set or in the backwoods or anything like that. We're talking about actually in Los Angeles or in Austin, Texas or in Chicago, Illinois. So it really does put you into a real life setting. Now, to be fair, on that last day while the pursuit teams are running after you, Kevin also runs a scout tracking course. So the odds are already kind of stacked against you when you're out there on the run. But it's a big city, right? And so there should be, you would think, lots of ways for you to escape evasion. In fact, you'd probably think there's no way in this city nobody is ever going to find me with me being out there. And I'm, you know, I now, with, especially with all these skills I learned. However, people do get recaptured. And if you are recaptured, you're brought to a place even further away than where you were captured and you have to get, still have to get the safety and everything. So, so here's what I thought. I mean, I've gone through Kevin's course. It is amazing. It is very realistic. The skills that you're taught are very practical and they are expertly taught. And so I'm a, I'm a big fan of Kevin's course. Now, in all fairness, I have to say, my son got sick the last day and I had to take him to the hospital. And unfortunately, I missed the entire exercise except for the very beginning of this thing right here. But out of my own selfishness, because I am going to take this class again, out of my own selfishness, um, I wanted to get Kevin's, uh, Kevin, I wanted to, I, I approached you like, I want the cheat sheet. So that final day, you're out there trying to find these people that were in the class. They're trying not to be found by you. But inevitably, people are going to get recaptured. They are going to get spotted. You're able to go out there and see these people. So what I wanted was the cheat sheet of like, let's pick three things. Like, what are the three main things that attendees do wrong that makes them stand out like a big red flag among the city or among other citizens? Because one, I just want, I want the secrets. <laughs> like, I just want, I just want the cheat sheet anyway for myself. But also, that does give 
people a really good idea of things that because I'm sure these people didn't want to get caught and they might have even been doing things that they thought they would never get caught doing. But when you're looking at it from a, a 180 degree perspective, you start to realize the things that we might go out there and do if we're trying to uh, evade looters or terrorists or we're out on vacation and there's things things go bad. Any of those things that happen, we want to we want to escape that. So. I, I challenge you with coming up, what are the three most common mistakes that attendees make? So I'm assuming you've, you've come up with three. Yep. Okay. Every one. Okay. So let's start off with mistake number one. To understand the first mistake, and it's the one that kills most everyone, you have to understand a concept that we teach in the class, which is called baseline. Baseline refers to what? A neighborhood is like when nothing much is going on. And that refers to how fast people are moving, how loud they're talking, uh, social distancing, the, uh, the way they gesture. There's a, there's a whole myriad of social activity that happens in any given neighborhood at any given time that gives you a, a, a baseline. <laughs> so that baseline is really important for us as hunters because the big mistake that people make is moving out of baseline. In other words, they are too fast or too slow for whatever the baseline is for the neighborhood. So in Philly, when we went the class there, um, we'll, part of the class, uh, part of the area you have to transit is Chinatown. When you go into Chinatown and you sit and you watch for a while, you start to feel what that baseline is. As a hunter, we'll go sit and watch that baseline. And then you just watch the guys who are moving out of baseline. And the funny thing is, I tell them in the class, I say, all right, tomorrow when we catch you, here is why. We will catch you because you are not paying any attention to the baseline. You are completely absorbed with A, E, C, D, and E and not the primary directive, which is stay within baseline. You always stay within baseline. It really doesn't even matter what you wear or, or you know, the other two the other two factors won't be very important. We've had classes where we didn't know who the students were because we didn't get, uh, some of the hunters did not get pictures of them like we usually provide. And I said, just look for the guys working out, walking out of baseline. And sometimes that's all it takes. Hmm. So what happens is you get really wrapped up in what's going on. There's all these things going through your head. Paranoia. You think everybody out there is a hunter. And over over the, a period of time, you may start off in the baseline, but as you get more and more anxious, you increase your speed, and before long, you you are going twice as fast as anyone else. Well, probably not only that, but I mean, when I watch spy movies, when, you know, Jason Bourne is trying to escape and he's got people hot on the tail, they always seem to like look around. Like they're always looking, like you said, everybody's a hunter. Like they start to get paranoid and you start to look over your shoulder and you start to like look to the left and look to the right and stop. And, you know, it, it, you, these now in the movies, it's it's over exaggerated, right? But I would think in real life, like you said, once the, once people start to get paranoid, they might lose their cadence. They might 
go faster out of just adrenaline going and things like that. Exactly. It's, a, it's an adrenal response. Now, Jason Bourne, I'm glad you brought that up, because if you watch the first Jason Bourne movie, you will see his movement is way faster than baseline. For a trained spy, his movement is terrible. He's always marching through the square and marching into the embassy way faster than anybody else. He, he does not do baseline well. Uh, and so I use that, I use film clips from that sometimes to, to illustrate, um, you know, the issue with out of baseline movement. And it, it is adrenal. You get, you get adrenalized, you get focused on who are the hunters, you get really paying attention to the other stuff and you completely forget about your own movement. Yeah. Really good point. Okay. What's, uh, what's mistake number? That, that is our number one. I mean, that 80% of the time, that's how we catch it. Really? Okay. What's uh, mistake number two that people make? Well, you already mentioned it, and that is furtive movement. Um, being uh, looking paranoid, looking over your shoulder all the time, head on a swivel, you know, scanning, always looking, and, and you know, it gets to the point of, of being almost hilarious sometimes. Had uh, had a student walking down the street one day. And he makes incidental eye contact with a total stranger. Not a hunter. But he was convinced this guy was a hunter because he made eye contact. And he's looking down, he's looking down, he's going, oh, crap. This guy's a hunter. This guy's a hunter. He's getting closer. And he looks up again, and the guy makes eye contact a second time. And now he's completely convinced this guy's a hunter. And so he gets about 10 feet away, and he screams and runs across the street. Now, this guy was just some dude walking down the street going, what the hell is that? <laughs> But the point is, it was, it was again out of baseline, but it was furtive. It was paranoid. It was, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. That internal dialogue takes over, and uh, you, you see the mistakes so easily. It's so easy to pick that out. Now, there are guys who are really cool. They're really calm and collected. And you know what? Sometimes you get caught by what we call just a random encounter. But if I come around the corner and run smack into you, and you completely maintain your cool, you do not respond, you don't act nervous or furtive, I get a deer in the headlights look fine. Just a spasmic response when that happens. We'll catch you. And we'll, we'll, uh, usually now what we do is just handcuff you to a parking meter or something. <laughs> Which is really funny because you're standing there going, okay. That's Everybody's funny. watching. That's funny. Um, but it's that, that startle response. But if you keep cool and calm, I've got guys come around the corner, they look at me briefly and just keep walking. I totally respect that and let you go. Because hmm. you did not break spaces. And you did not act further than paranoid. Yeah. So yeah. the second one is just is, is really related to head movement. Movement and, and you know just that furtive looking over your shoulder, paying attention to this and that, um, being too aware. I mean, most people when they walk around in the city, they're walking pretty casually. They're not scanning like crazy. They're just walking. Yeah. And that that really carries the day. Yeah. 
Okay, um, I I have a comment, but now I don't want to say any of my comments because I don't want to steal any thunder. Yeah, so, so no, we'll go ahead and do number three first, and then there's something uh, there's something I want to ask you about that. Yep, no problem. Number three is uh, paying attention to details surrounding changing your appearance. A lot of times people will do a very elaborate um, appearance change and forget the most basic thing, like um, not changing shoes or watches. Uh, and so we've, you know, we were doing a class, doing a class down in Norfolk, Virginia, and uh, it was for a group of seals, and I had neglected to take their pictures. And so the hunters go, well, what are we supposed to do? I said, I want you to look for guys with giant dive watches that are really fit and they're wearing tight shirts. Those would be your guys. We caught 12 guys there. <laughs> you caught 12 Navy SEALs. There were only 10 in the class. <laughs> we netted a couple of uh, a couple of flounders we didn't mean to net. The uh, point is, um, You're lucky that it, the other two didn't kill you, I guess. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Too. Yeah. Um, but uh, some of the hunters were seals as well, so I think that, yeah, they recognized their own. Yeah. Recognized the training So anyway, um, that's the kind of thing that uh, people would neglect. I did, uh, did a class in Detroit, and I had two police officers in the class, and they decided to be homeless, so they went and got clothes and got them all dirty and, and smeared, you know, dirt and stuff on their faces and hands and made themselves look really grimy. But they wore white sneakers because they didn't want to get those dirty. And it was pretty funny. They were pushing uh, shopping carts full of beer cans down the street, and it was kind of like a snowplow. Clearing people out off of the street because they all knew these guys were gone. And it was a simple thing like shoes, not changing your shoes. I tell travelers, I said, if you're going overseas, the first stop you make after you arrive where you're traveling to, if you're going to be there for a while, for example, let's say you're going to Frankfurt for a couple months on Thursday. When you arrive in Frankfurt, get off the plane and go to a men's store that sells local clothing. Nike and American Eagle and Levi Strauss are not baseline. So if you're going to try and change your appearance to blend in to be more of a gray man, you got to start with a, a new wardrobe, a, a change of, you know, you have to wear German shoes and German pants and German shirts. Wear your hair the way the locals so it's really about studying the baseline again, going back to that, uh, and paying attention to these little details. Hmm. These little details, you know, wearing a big dive watch. Yeah. Well, and 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 even just from the standpoint of, unless you're, because I I have to imagine that dressing up as a homeless person is probably one of the things a lot of people think about, especially for urban escape and evasion. Like I'll dress up like that would be the perfect disguise, right? Now, that would probably work if you were in a in a refugee camp of homeless people waiting for the soup kitchen to open up. But, I mean, regular, like real homeless people stand out. They always draw your attention because they're typically out of the baseline of wherever they are anyway. 
Yeah, and and the, the the reason it works as a disguise in an urban environment is because nobody wants to make eye contact. Hmm. What happens if you make eye contact with a homeless person? You panhandle in your butt, and you're going to end up giving them a couple of bucks. Yeah. So you don't make eye contact, and that's good. But really limited as a homeless person to being able to go indoors. McDonald's is about the only, maybe Denny's, they're about the only places you can go and not get thrown out. You can't yeah. walk into a Marriott and ask for a, a, a table at one of their restaurants or whoever. Yeah, right. You can't go to a nice bank. There's just a lot of places that as a homeless person you cannot go. Um, but the big problem is most people haven't really studied homeless people. And if you do, you'll understand that if they've been on the street for a while, there's a level of grime on their hands that you cannot replicate. There's a, a vacant stare. There's, I mean, sometimes. No, no, I'm generalizing. Yeah. Don't 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 jump on me for, <laughs> for making a, a gen, number of generalizations. But if, if you look at homeless people for a while, and I've studied this for a long time, a lot of times, just sitting on a corner watching this guy pants. Um, you know, they're they're really kind of a number of different classifications. There are the mentally ill. There are those who are there because they choose to be, because it's better than um, living in a shelter and the restrictions on that, or they have a dog. And um, there are those who are, who are what we would call kind of the professional homeless people who actually have nice cars and apartments and just come out with a sign that says, hungry will work for food, and they make... Three or four hundred dollars a day, tax free, and uh, those guys really piss me off. It's kind of like a stolen dollar thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, the homeless people are—they're uh, everywhere, and uh, yet they are very limited. Yeah. So again, like attention to detail, even when it comes to mannerisms. And right. and when it comes to trying to blend in with the baseline and go gray. And so that's something people can do. Even in your own town, you start to look at, I mean, you think you are the norm in, in your own town. But you can go into any part of town and just watch people, especially places like the mall, um, other settings where there's, especially where there's people out and about. But here's my, here's my question to you. So the last day, the, the, the training exercise when you were out here in Texas, what really made me mad about missing that last day was that it was pouring down raining. And I'm still of the mindset, if it ain't, if it ain't raining, it ain't training. Right. And I really was looking forward to that. But it, it would also make it more challenging, not because of the weather itself, but really, like nobody's really out during it when it's raining, right? So if you're out trying to find your way to safety, now – you're, I mean, just being out outside is is breaking the baseline. Right, and and that's that's to our advantage. On the other hand, uh, if you're out, you're probably going to be covered with umbrella, raincoat, and, and it makes it harder for us to penetrate through that because when you're wearing a big uh, a big raincoat, collars turned up, and you've got a scarf and a folder of tighter on your neck, and you've got a hat on, and your head is down. You know, that's pretty hard to that's pretty hard to figure out. Yeah. So the the, the umbrellas give you uh, some cover as well. I remember a, I don't have any idea what movie it is. It was a Jackie Chan movie where he's being chased and they grab an umbrella as they go out of the mall 
and the bad guys chase him out. And then the next scene you see is the street scene with 500 people with umbrellas. And they're, they're just one of hundreds of people with umbrellas. Yeah. It's a pretty, pretty good example of the kind of thing I'm talking about here. Where you can, you can use bad weather or cold weather to give you the opportunity to cover up. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, so there you go, guys. I mean, I hope you were taking notes because I really do want you to go over and take Kevin's course. Uh, this is just one of many, but this is the one that really has the highest demand because you're learning very practical skills. It's not just a matter of um, Armageddon happens and now all of a sudden you're stuck in a FEMA camp all, you know, locked up to the to a cement wall and you've got to escape they're real they really are very practical experiences a lot of people i talk about that are military contractors that work overseas or even just people that are traveling overseas for uh for just for freaking vacation um it's something i think about a lot when when i travel or it could even just be like how what about if your spouse is abducted when i think about this too because my wife goes out jogging and, you know, what if there's an abduction that happens? It could be anything, but these are very practical skills for an assortment of different scenarios that you might, that are, you might potentially encounter, especially during things like a collapse or a crisis that hits nationwide. So, um, definitely go check out, the, I can't check out the, um, the, the course on online so you can check it out when it's going to be that actually Kevin actually travels around the country for these. So hopefully there's something that's near you, but it's worth traveling to as it is. And uh, just, just an amazing course. So definitely go check that out over at onpointtactical.com. And, um, and hopefully I'll see you in the class when I'm back in there as well. And this is Jeff Anderson. And until our next modern combat and survival broadcast saying prepare, train and survive. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.